when you get divorced, obviously, it's a lifelong decision that you have to live with. And I think I wanted to know that I tried absolutely everything before I filed for divorce so that I could kind of make this decision and then just have, have peace with it. I remember when I first told my parents, the first thing they said was, well, what are we going to tell people? There are a lot of people that troll me or, you know, I guess a lot of like fragile male egos out there <laughs> who get slightly annoyed with some of the things that I say. Hello lovely people and welcome back to the next episode of Girl Boss. I'm so happy to have you back here. Today I'm going to be introducing you to Jigna who is such a positive light on Instagram right now. She is sharing things and reminding us of so many important things to do with timelines and not feeling pressure from society about being in your 30s and having to be married and have children and have it all figured out. And it's lovely to see that online, especially in a sea of everyone following that routine routine myself included to be honest with you like I have recently got married it particularly works for me although I know that if that wasn't the direction for me I would have been fine either way and it's just nice to kind of be reminded of that you choose your own path and you know there's no stigma around divorce and there shouldn't be and actually it takes a lot of strength and courage to break away from something that isn't working for you or the other person so I am incredibly inspired by Jigna. I love that she puts this content out there and, you know, it's making it widely available and reminding thousands of strangers about this positive message. And we're going to talk about what it was like for her to go viral. So many of her videos have got millions of views and I'm personally intrigued as to how that feels and would love to delve further into that side of things as well. You know, we're all chasing that viral moment, but how did it really feel? So without delaying any further, here is the podcast. Hello, Jigna. Welcome to my podcast. Thank you so much for being on. Hey, Nikki. Thank you so much for having me. Where I've already introduced you, I wanted to kind of delve straight in. And I'm intrigued as to why you started with Instagram, like what kind of inspired you to grow your following. And yeah, where did that all begin? Because I know you've got a full time job elsewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. So I actually work in finance full time, but finance is definitely not my passion. My passion has always been fashion and beauty. And so ever since I was younger, I've just always really been into sort of the whole fashion and beauty makeup side of things. So a couple of years ago, I actually trained as a hair and makeup artist and I actually had a YouTube channel as well, which sort of makeup tutorials and this was all the way back in sort of 2013 2014 so almost before the days of sort of Instagram and big social media following on from that I then started my Instagram page um, and I was sort of doing primarily I guess makeup tutorials or kind of makeup posts but during COVID I was doing that but then I also realized that there's a lot of people who are going through things and no one really talks about it on social media and I think for me personally at the time I was divorced and I guess I was kind of thinking about dating but I was also kind of going through all of these emotions in terms of dating again once you've gone through a divorce and I thought to myself surely there's other people that are going through the same things as me and I think I was feeling really alone in my feelings and I thought let me talk about it on social media because surely there's other people that are doing it and I guess that's how I then ended up going down this road of talking about topics like divorce, dating, mental health, anxiety. I guess a lot of the topics that when, I guess when I was growing up, these are topics that no one really ever spoke about. And I guess that's how it all sort of begun. And now my page is, my page, I guess it's a mix of everything. It's a mix. I still do the fashion and beauty, but I still also do a lot of videos where I talk about these sort of real topics. Mm. Oh, that's amazing. You know what, your journey sounds so similar to mine in that you you have a full-time career, but that's not where your passion lies. So you're kind of doing this on the side and you started it at like similar time to when I did as well, when it was a lot easier to kind of navigate the algorithms and things like that and grow online. So I love that you're also, I think through lockdown, a lot of us were inspired. I think when you strip away all of the like going out and the, you know, the restaurants and the this and the, you know, the normal stuff that people would share online, when you strip that back, you kind of think, actually, I want to share something with a bit more depth and, you know, just kind of put, be a bit more vulnerable online, which was nice. And I, I felt like I did the same at that time as well. I had my own feelings towards that, actually. I almost felt like I'd put too much of myself out there and I wasn't always comfortable with it. But at the time, it felt so right. I think everyone was craving that sort of real content at that time rather than everyone pretending that everything's fine. And especially when none of us were going out and getting dressed up or doing anything. So... 
I, I fully relate to you on that. I think that's, that's such a nice way to um, yeah. kind of switch things up because it's better for you as well. I think when you're yeah. putting things out there that people can relate to and you know is just sharing like good energy and, and putting that out there rather than just what you think people want to see. I really wanted to talk to you about the meaningful content side of things. I know you've mentioned that and I want to know like what does that mean for you and why do you feel like that's so important in the online space at the moment? I guess I want to focus on the meaningful content because I think there's so many things that I've been through just you know not even just in the past couple of years but I feel like even when I was younger I think growing up there were so many things that I went through whether it you know I don't know if this is just I guess, growing up in a South Asian household where I guess things like dating was a bit more difficult and kind of understanding how to date, how to be in relationships, learning stuff about myself, but at the same time, not really being able to discuss it with my parents or kind of not really having that guidance. And I think that kind of led to me being, I guess, so confused when you're younger. And then I got to like in my 20s and it's almost like, okay, you need to get married now. And I guess, again, like there's all of these emotions that you go through. And it was similar to my divorce, actually, when I was going through that. I feel like there's so many points in my life where I've gone through things and just felt really lost and just felt like I need to talk to someone, but I don't really know who to speak to because I feel like my whole life I've kind of been conditioned to not speak about my feelings or not speak about anything and just pretend that everything's fine. Mm -hmm. And I think there's a lot of other people out there who are going through similar things or who have had similar upbringings and who are going through their feelings, but they're not able to talk about it, I guess, with family or sometimes with friends. And it's difficult for them to open up. So I guess the whole premise behind my content is that I want to make it and let people know that this is what I've been through. And I felt a similar way to them. And I want them to feel less alone. And I think that's what it is. And I think I also want to reassure people that, you know, you could kind of go through horrible things in your life. You know, like, for example, when I went through my divorce, it was a horrible thing. But at the same time, I'm also okay now and you know that there, there is like a light at the end of the tunnel and I think a lot of my content I want it to come across in a positive way but not in a positive way where it's in the sense of oh everything's amazing and everything's great like it's not and we know that life isn't amazing all the time but life can be really bad but it can also be really good yeah. and I think that's where I kind of want my content to focus around is that you can kind of go through bad things but you can get through it as well yeah absolutely I love that I think um it's just reminding people that yeah the ups and downs are completely normal and um also just reminding people they're not alone I think it's the main thing I think when you're going through something intense you don't talk to people about it even just hearing someone else share their stories makes you feel less alone in it um so that's yeah. so nice that you're putting that out there because I kind of think it's one thing to to go through what you've been through and then receive probably a judgment just based on what the South Asian community can be like um, around divorce. So receive judgment from your peers and your close ones probably, but then to take it that step further and to share it online for strangers as well. I think it's just, it kind of is a whole level. And I kind of, I wanted to ask you how you feel about that kind of sharing so much of something that you have otherwise been conditioned to be ashamed of. Do you, know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you sometimes feel uncomfortable with it or do you feel like it's just something that you should be doing and you feel good about? Honestly, I feel a mix of emotions. I think before I put my first video out about being divorced, I was genuinely so nervous. I was literally before I uploaded it, I was having a full on like panic attack. I was so stressed. I was sweating because all I could think is, oh, what are people going to say about this? What are people, you know, I've never, because again, I guess I've never really opened up to people around me forget about putting this on the internet for random people to sort of see and judge and have their own opinions and I was so nervous and I think even now you know I've been doing this for almost two years and I think even now like I still get scared sometimes I think last week I uploaded a video and before I put it up I was just so nervous and I kept saying to myself oh what if people take it in the wrong way what if people judge what if people say horrible things to me because I think with a lot of the stuff that I say there are a lot of people that troll me or you know, I guess a lot of like fragile male egos out there <laughs> who get slightly annoyed with some of the things that I say. And so I think it does scare me. I think even to this day, it scares me because a lot of the content that I'm putting out is my personal stories and my personal feelings. And I guess a lot of the things that I've gone through in my life and, and when people see that and they judge it, it kind of feels like a personal attack. And that is really difficult, but I constantly just keep telling myself that it's helping more people than it's offending. 
even I've been on I've been on Instagram for over 10 years and I still get that feeling 100% like I don't like I want to go about my life drama free I don't actually want to rustle any feathers but I also have a lot to say so it's quite difficult to balance the two and this is a massive reason why I wanted to start the podcast again so I feel like I've got some kind of unfinished business with it and I just don't feel like Instagram is always right well it doesn't feel right for me personally to share more like nuanced conversations so yeah I fully get that it's, it's almost reassuring to know that someone like yourself that's putting that's getting like real viral content and putting really positive stuff out there still kind of feels like that as well because it's not just me then <laughs> it is it is yeah yeah you've got 10 followers or 100,000 followers or whatever it's still you're still putting yourself out there and you know you're going to receive some judgment because everyone's got an opinion it's completely natural um, but then when you've got an important message to share it's important not to hold yourself back because like you said, you could be helping more people than offending. And that's the main thing really, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what you have to always try and remember because I think you can always talk yourself out of it as well and just be yeah. like, oh no, it's fine. No, don't worry. I won't, I won't put it out there just to be safe. But it's like, no, actually you have to put yourself out there and you have to talk about these things because I think when I get messages from um, people and they say, oh, your videos really helped me or oh, I needed this video today or I'm going through a really difficult time. So I went through and watched all of your old videos. It just makes me so happy. And I just think, do you know what? Like, being able to put that out there and being able to help someone just outweighs all of the trolling and the negativity that you get from people. That's so true. Do you, do you mind me asking you about the kind of trolling side of it? Because I know you have gone so viral. Like, How many views did one of your main videos get? That one got like three and a half million. That's nuts. And then I saw it shared on loads of other big pages, right? So technically, so probably millions and millions. That's so nice. Like, what was What was the feedback like? Like, did you, was it... 90% positive was it 98% positive like what was the vibe I'm so intrigued because I feel like everyone's trying to chase that viral moment and I kind yeah. of want to like bring it back down to why because I experienced um it once but one of my videos got like 900,000 views and I felt really uncomfortable personally like I think it's because it was a kind of it wasn't a video that I was massively proud of so I think the fact that that randomly blew up I felt really uncomfortable and invited a lot of random people to comment as opposed to my target audience (laughs) so I just realized that wasn't for me I'd rather kind of just um put things uncomfortable out there and if they get a certain amount of views great and as long as I'm happy with them I think the the viral moment for me just made me feel really weird so I actually deleted it at the end but I just how did you find it how was it for you Exactly. Like you said, it's the most overwhelming feeling. I think when people, like you said, everyone's kind of chasing that viral moment. They want their videos to do well, but it's genuinely the most overwhelming feeling. Like it's happened to me a couple of times. And at the time you think, oh, wow, my video is doing really well. This must be great content. But then, like you said, it's the internet and absolutely everybody has access to it and absolutely everybody has an opinion. So I think I do get a lot of positive feedback on the videos and like I say it's probably about 90% positive but that 10% is for example there'll be people commenting horrible things on the videos there'll be people dming you and I think sometimes it's once I've actually had someone made a YouTube video of that reel the one that went viral and he made a whole 20 minute video basically about how miserable I must be in my life oh to make this God. video and it was, it was basically just like one of those misogynistic channels that made a whole yeah. 20 minute video about me and I just think like that's the kind of stuff that you're opening up yourself to and I've had been trolled on Twitter again I've gone viral on Twitter when this misogynistic account shared that reel that same reel and the whole thread the whole Twitter thread it was saying the most horrific things about me and I just thought Oh, this is this is it's like a, it's a horrible place and I think a lot of people don't see that side they just right. think oh yeah you've gone viral you've this you know everyone's seeing your content but you're actually really opening yourself up to so many horrible comments and I think you have to really have a thick skin and I think over time I've developed the thick skin because I just think you know what these people are clearly sat in their mom's basement just so miserable about their own lives and they're making these comments about me and you have to just keep reminding yourself that. And it's like, do you know what? It's not a personal attack on you. It's just a projection of their insecurities. A hundred percent. So I, I have always thought this because I I constantly still battle with it. Like I, I get angry at myself for reacting and still getting upset over things like that. But it's just such a human reaction. If someone, you know, and to that extent as well is, is insane. But to someone to just anyone, a loved one, a stranger, to say something nasty about you, naturally you're going to think oh crap like what have I done or you're going to think oh actually that's not true you're going to want to defend yourself and 
I think when I realised yeah. I'd stop kind of blaming myself for reacting, because uh, by this point, you know, I should have thick skin. I shouldn't let it bother me. Oh, why do you worry about it? You know, just, I think I had these conversations with people and they don't understand it. And I kind of think what I'll do, um, I try and explain it to people as though it's, it's difficult if you've not experienced it, basically. So I also feel like I don't have many people to talk to about it. But when I do have those kind of moments, I have to remember that I have to remember basically not to blame myself for reacting, but just kind of pivot the lens on the people that are doing it and kind of have empathy for them because they're clearly in a certain place to then be triggered by what you've put out there, especially when the main premise of it is such a positive, nice message. It's like, I don't understand how even that can trigger people. It's, it's, it's bizarre, isn't it? Absolutely. I think, I think that's the thing though with today. I feel like everyone has something to say about everything. I think even now when I make my videos and I guess I'm like putting them together and I'm writing the script, I actually go over it so many times and think, okay, could this be taken in the wrong way? Could that be taken? And then sometimes I'll think, well, someone's going to take this in the wrong way. So let me already counter it in the video just to Mm -hmm. sort of cover off the bases. And I think now you have to think about things so much before you put them on the internet, because like you said, everyone's going to have an opinion and, and sometimes it is a negative opinion. Yeah. It ends up, you end up filtering yourself so much that what you're saying isn't as authentic as it perhaps would have been. Um, which yeah. is a shame because at the, at the end of the day, we we don't want the drama. Some people probably thrive off it, but it oh, yeah. makes me feel so uncomfortable. Like I, I don't want to have, I don't want to trigger anyone. I'd hate to offend people. So I think I have almost avoided content online that um, I feel may do that just for my own peace of mind. So that's why I really respect that you are putting that out there still and and encouraging so many people to kind of put aside like the timelines that society puts in place for us. And it's it's just amazing. So like literally hats off to you. You're doing so well to like all the viral stuff as well. Like and what you're saying about the trolling you've had to deal with. I just, yeah, I think you're incredible. So yeah, I was really excited to talk to you about that because I thought it's just a reminder, I think, for anyone that's just chasing the viral video, it will come hand in hand with a load of people chatting rubbish. And it's just important to people know, to know that and be prepared for it because, um, and you don't know, I think at the moment, the algorithm's so like messy, I feel like random videos go viral, amazing videos that have got so much value don't go viral. So it's just like, you just have to be prepared and really think, okay, do I want this to get all these views? And if it does, can I handle what comes with it? So probably quite important to bear in mind for anyone that's creating content at the moment, hoping for to hit that like million mark or whatever. So I want to talk about the wedding industry within the South Asian community in particular. Um, I have recently got married, so I feel like I am fresh out of it and I have a brand new perspective on the whole thing. And I wanted to ask you, um, if you wouldn't mind talking about it, about your experience with your wedding and your marriage and your divorce um and then I want to kind of talk about the pressures from the South Asian community and how they probably played into that for you yeah absolutely so I actually got married 10 years ago now which is crazy because this is in 2012 so it was so long ago and I think I remember at the time so I actually had an arranged marriage in the sense of sort of like an introduction type thing. I actually got married, I'd say like about just over a year after I was kind of introduced to my ex-husband. We basically planned this huge, huge Indian wedding. So the thing is, even though back then the wedding industry was very different sort of 10 years ago, it was still very sort of focus on, you know, all the, there's so many different things when you get married, you know, for example, you've got to think about the decor, you've got to think about DJs, music, you've got to think about entertainment for the guests. And I think back then there wasn't sort of this Instagram, you know, like social media sort of wedding business that there is now. I think back then it was a lot more, you know, I guess like less social media, but still like all of the options were there. So yeah, I had this huge Indian wedding, even though I actually didn't want to get married at the time. And I didn't really want to marry my husband but I kind of just went ahead with it because I think by then I sort of started planning everything we've been paying yeah. for everything oh, and I just thought I was 23 oh wow when I got yeah okay which is super young so again at the time I didn't even really understand the concept of a marriage I think back then it was sort of okay you have to get married you have to marry this person and now we're planning a wedding and it's almost like you just kind of get swept up in the whole planning process and before you know it your wedding day is here and you're getting married but no one kind of really thinks about okay, well, there's a whole marriage now that you have to do with this person. I think there's so much focus on the actual wedding day that a lot of people actually forget that there's a whole marriage after. Yeah, we went ahead 
with the marriage. We went through all of that because I just didn't have it in me to call it off and cancel everything. But then I think because I'd already known before I was going to get married that I didn't really want to marry him and we just didn't fit well together, but I just couldn't pull out of it. So when the wedding was over, I just thought, oh God, this is my life now. And how am I going to do this? And I think I actually, we were married for just under four years. So it's actually quite a long time uh, when you think about it. But I always think back to it and I think, you know, we did have good days. You know, we did we did get on, but I think it was definitely more of sort of like a friendship type marriage. So we definitely have good days, but we had a lot of bad days as well. And people always say to me, how did you know you wanted to get divorced? Like, when is the time? Because I think everyone has arguments in relationships. It's totally normal to have arguments. But it's like, when do you know that this isn't working? Like, fundamentally, when is it not working? Yeah. And I think the one thing I always say is that I just couldn't imagine my future with him. Like, I didn't see me being able to do this for the rest of my life. Like, that's not what I wanted for myself. I couldn't see myself doing it with him. And I just thought, like, this isn't the life for me. Like, this is when I know that this isn't my future. And I know that I have to get a divorce. And I think also, for me, by that point, you know, we'd been married for just under four years. And I feel like we tried absolutely everything to try and get the marriage to work. Because I think when you get divorced, obviously it's a lifelong decision that you have to live with. And I think I wanted to know that I tried absolutely everything before I filed for divorce so that I could kind of make this decision and then just have peace with it. I am briefly interrupting this podcast to let you know about our sponsor, which is my own brand, Nikita. I thought, why not sponsor my own podcast? Our listeners can enjoy 20% of all products using code GIRLBOSS. We are a brand dedicated to bringing you exclusively designed, empowering jewellery and home decor that would make an amazing gift for a loved one or treat for yourself. We have recently rebranded and made so many improvements to our packaging, our sustainability focus, our website design and user experience, our shipping time and customer service, as well as our jewellery materials to ensure they are waterproof and last forever. We also offer free empowering desktop and phone wallpapers, as well as carefully curated music playlists for your every mood to keep you motivated throughout your day. We offer free shipping, next day delivery, free returns, free gift packaging, and we have over 5,000 verified five-star reviews across our selling platforms. The website is nikitabynikki.com. And again, the code is GIRLBOSS for 20% off everything. I hope you're able to make use of the code. Do let me know what you purchased and happy shopping. And thank you so much in advance for your support. It genuinely means the world. Now, with that out of the way, here's the rest of the podcast. How were your family and friends when you told them that you wanted a divorce? Were they, did you sense any sort of disappointment or did you feel like you had a good support system around you? So with my family, it was actually really difficult. They were initially not very supportive of my decision, but my friends were very supportive. So I feel like the whole process, I kind of had to lean on my friends. And I think at the time, again, it kind of revolved around the whole thing of sort of what will people say? I remember when I first told my parents, the first thing they said was, well, what are we going to tell people? But obviously at the time when you, tell, when you tell your parents you're getting a divorce, you kind of want the reaction to be, well, are you okay? Like, what can we do? And, and it just kind of made me realize like, wow, this whole thing, like, you know, getting married was for, because people, you know, you, we need to tell people you're getting married. You need to be married by a certain age. This is how it looks to society. So it's kind of like I went through the motions and did that. Now when I'm getting divorced, it's like, well, what are people going to say about this now? And that was so sad. And I think it was really difficult for me at the time because I kind of was in a place where I needed support and I needed that sort of like, you know, family and emotional support. Mm. And I didn't have it. And and that's why, you know, I had to lean on my friends and my friends were absolutely amazing. Now, like over the years, you know, things have gotten better with my family and they've kind of realised that getting a divorce was the best thing for me to do. And they've kind of like, they don't really care now what people say. And I think people are over it now anyway. It's been like <laughs> nearly six years. So they've kind of moved on from talking about it. But the thing, like what I went through in terms of having people's opinions is what absolutely everyone who gets a divorce goes through. And I think that's one of the things that kind of inspired me to start making content about it. Because I feel like when you go through a divorce, you're already sort of dealing with, I guess, like, you know, the breakdown of your marriage, you're having to deal with the actual sort of like administrative part of it sort of like the paperwork side of it. A house. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly you know like all of that stuff and then the, you're also having to deal with all these people's opinions and everyone kind of wading in as to oh why do you think they're getting divorced oh did he do this or did she the gossip. do this and the gossip yeah and it's just so difficult and I think that's what people don't realize that so there's all these different things that you have to deal with and even now even now that still happens I mean I got divorced six years ago 
Mm. And even now people are getting divorced and, and the same thing is still happening. And I think this is why I wanted to make my content because I kind of want to make people realize how hard it is when you're going through a divorce to kind of deal with all these other outside factors as well. Yeah. And you creating content normalizes it, which is great because people just see it more. So it's not so much of a taboo or like a, an unusual thing, especially within the South Asian community, because it is, it's just got that stigma around it, hasn't it? And I don't understand how... Yeah. Even in this day and age, people are more comfortable with people being in unhappy marriages than they are with them being divorced or it not working out. Or I think people view it as failure rather than like as, as something that you'd have to be very strong to do and move on and in the pursuit of being of actually being happy and both of you being happier apart is not always a negative thing. So it's yeah, it's a funny one. I don't know why the times aren't changing, but that's really great. I think you you kind of sharing all this and this content that you're making going completely viral and it being a brown girl doing it it's nice for people to see it's, it's normalizing it so it may seem like you just did a video but the fact that so many eyes have seen it it's probably had a really big impact on the whole view of it which is great so I have a question for you which was if you have had children by that point would you have still got divorced yeah that's a good question actually I think it would have taken me longer if I'm being completely honest. I think if I had children, I mean, to be honest, I'd already kind of debated it. I'd gone back and forth about getting a divorce for the, for those four years, basically, that we were married. But I, I stayed and I kept thinking, no, we'll try again. We'll try again. You know, don't walk away. Try again. But I think if we had children, I would have stayed longer and I would have kept trying and kept trying. But at the same time, I think inevitably I would have still got a divorce. Yeah. Because I think for me, it took me time to realize that, we were both going to be happier apart. And I think that was the initial process. And I think if I had a child, mm. it would have taken me a, a little longer for me to realize that the child will have a much better upbringing with two parents who are happier not together than two parents who are miserable together. Like if if we're married and we're miserable and our child is being brought up in that environment, that is not a healthy environment for any child to be brought up in. Yeah. And I think eventually I would have realized that, but it would have taken me longer. Yeah, definitely. Did you did you know so say when you got married at 23, did you have children in your sights? Is it something that you wanted? Is it something that you think about now or have you kind of decided it's not for you? Where are you at with that? You know, it's so crazy because I think when I was younger, I thought, okay, yep, get married, have children. That's what I'm going to do. And I think when I was married, because I knew that, you know, we didn't have the best relationship. I think instantly I was like, well, I don't want to bring a child into this sort of environment because if we're struggling, you know, a child will obviously make things harder. And so I think when we were together, you know, obviously when you're married for a certain amount of time, everyone's like, oh, when are you having children? When are you having children? And we used to get asked that a lot. It never stops. And I think we used to get asked so much because I think we'd, you know, by this point, we've sort of been married like three, four years and people are like, yeah, when are you having kids? It's time now. It's time now. Mm-hmm. And I think when people used to ask it instantly, I used to get a feel of dread. And I thought, oh my God, that's the last thing that we need to be doing right now is having mm-hmm. a child. And I think for me, in my head, I think that was, I guess that was one of the things that I could never really see myself having children with him. And I, th- and I think that's when I kind of knew that I don't really see my future with him. You know, I don't want to bring a child into this environment. And I think now, actually, because I guess it's been so long, and I think now I just have a completely different view about it. I think, you know, with children, it's difficult because I think back then you kind of think, okay, yeah, I'll have children, don't really think about it. Mm. Whereas I think now, when I think about myself now, and I guess, you know, as I'm getting older, and I think, do I really want a child? You know, I think it's, again, it's like another lifelong commitment. And I think, you know, after my divorce, obviously, you know, committing to sort of like, a, you know, a husband is one commitment, but then having a child is a, is a whole other commitment that you then make. Yeah. And I think now my view has definitely changed. And I think, I guess I'm not really sure where I stand on the whole, on the whole having kids thing. I think it's, for me, it's not something where I've always been like, you know, I have to have children. And I think there are a lot of people out there who really want children and, and that's like great. Mm. I think for me, I've never really been one of those people where I've thought, you know, my life will be complete with a child. I'm in a very similar situation because I always thought that um, I would be that person. Um, and as I've got older, I think I have a very different viewpoint on it. And I see it. I see a very, I see a much more real um, perception of motherhood now than I ever did when I was younger. It was more just like a something I would aspire to and it would be in the future. But now a lot of my friends and my family have children and I see it for what it is. And I do think, okay, how does this fit into my life and our life now? 
And I'm questioning it a lot more. And I think generally you just, you think about things a lot more, you weigh things up, you've already got more responsibilities at this age anyway. So you're just trying to, I think my, yeah, my viewpoint is hundred percent changing on it as well. So yeah, I'm really, I'm trying to have conversations with everyone and and anyone, people that don't want kids or don't have kids or people that have like four kids, six kids. Like I'm trying to just soak up all the knowledge and information so I can really, really work this out in my head, I think. I think it's such a huge life-changing thing that you have to really want a child Mm. to have a child, if that makes sense, because your whole life changes. I mean, you know, it's it's not just a responsibility. I think it's like, you know, I guess when you don't have children, I guess you can do things for yourself and your life kind of revolves around how you want to do things. And when you have a child, it completely changes everything. And that's why I always say, like, you have to really want it to have a child because you have to be okay with you know your life completely changing and you have to you know I guess it's like you don't want to end up resenting the child you know and I think that's where you have to really like kind of think hard about the decision 100% I actually I was was probably 27 before I really clocked onto the fact that actually it's a choice the reason being is everyone in my family all my um, cousin sisters everyone has got married had a child it's always just nobody's done anything different to that normal routine so but then I was speaking to a couple of friends like three friends of mine who uh, have just turned 30 who have just basically said oh no we don't want children and then I'm like oh hang on so then I've been really inquisitive and asked them okay why is that and then now I'm really thinking actually do I want children or am I just assuming that's what I need to do like I forgot it was a choice and then I contemplated life what life could be like without children you know how free we would be like the money we would save there's the like I could barely handle the amount I've got going on at the moment anyway in terms of stress so that's why I think can I really chuck a baby in there as well so yeah I, I'm like going through all the motions right now especially because I've just turned 30 and I've just got married so I feel like it's really like on my on my brain um yeah it's really interesting to get your perspective on it as well do, do you feel like if you were married to the right person at the right time you would have had kids or do you think it's something you still would have contemplated if it was right for you like individually it's a good question actually because I feel like because I got married so long ago I think back then I was kind of going through the conditioning you know I guess like you said you you only just realized that having a baby is a choice and I think for all of us we've kind of been brought up and conditioned whereas having children isn't a choice and it's just assumed that that's what you do and I think back then I thought the same. I just assumed I would have children because obviously that's what you do. And, and I think at the time, maybe if I had married the right person, I think I would. You know, I think I've got I've got two sisters and they're both married and they've both got children. And I guess I'm kind of the anomaly here. What is that? I I'm not doing that. I'm not, you know, I'm not married. I guess I don't have children. And I think now it's very different. But I think back then, if I'd have married the right person, I think I would have also done the same thing. I think I would have had children and just kind of gone down that route because that was what was assumed. And I think I, I guess I might have done it and not even really thought about it, which is quite worrying, actually, when, when I think back. I think I don't know if it would have been similar to be getting married and not really thinking about it, but I think it would have been a bit different back then. Do you know what? Things are different when you're younger. Like Even when I think about starting my business, I did it without thinking about it much. Whereas anything yeah. I do now at this age, I think about it so much. So it's like sometimes that kind of like naivety drives you into these certain situations and it's great. And um, but I think, yeah, bearing children and raising children is a massive decision and should it be something that should be like a mindless thing that you do just because everyone else is doing it. So, yeah, it's definitely something I, would, I wanted to talk about. I'm going to probably talk about it with probably every guest that comes on this podcast. I'm so intrigued. <laughs> So the next thing I wanted to sort of touch on was why we get married. Um, and I know you said that um, you kind of felt you had to and it was probably a bit of pressure from your family. Is that right? Yeah, 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 absolutely. So I feel like, I think I was, I just finished uni. So I was about 21 years old, which is so young now when I think, I mean, it was it was young back then, but it's when I think now, I'm like, that's so young. Mm-hmm. And um, my parents are like, okay, you finish uni now, you have a job, you need to get married. And I think back then, people did get married really young back then. I mean, it was 10 years ago. It was just assumed. And, and I didn't even question it, to be honest. I was like, yeah, OK, now I'm going to get married. I finish university, I have a job. This is the next thing that you do. And yeah, like they basically said, OK, you need to get married. Here are three people. Pick one. And I just thought, like, it was literally, I don't know if you've seen um, Indian matchmaking, yes. but it was literally like that. <laughs> yeah, so they basically kind of presented me with three people and said, OK, pick one. And I picked one. 
it was kind of like it was one of those really awkward introduction things where yeah they kind of it's kind of assumed that you're talking for the pure reason of getting married which I think is so weird now when I think about it because it's like when you meet someone you obviously want to authentically get to know them and Mm -hmm. I guess see whether this is what you know could turn into a long-term thing but with my situation it was almost like okay here's someone do you think you can marry him and I think subconsciously you're just thinking okay well you know everything that you get to do in getting to know him it's like okay you know everything eventually amounts to do you want to marry him will it be a good husband and there's all this pressure on it and I feel like you can't actually properly even get to know someone and I think for me I didn't really have that long anyway Mm. when we were speaking before our families were like okay you've been talking now like you know for a couple of weeks do you want to get married which is wild when I think about it. Yeah, it's crazy. I was, I was going to ask you as well, just because Jack and I've lived together for, uh, for many years before we got married. I wanted to ask you, do you think if you guys lived together first before you got married, you know, all of it would have turned out differently. You wouldn't have had to go through the whole divorce proceedings um, per se. Do you think that would have just shed some light on what your marriage would have been like and you could have called things off then? Do you think it could have changed everything for you? So I, th- I think it definitely would have. I think, like you said, it would have kind of given me an insight into what life could be like. But then I always think back and just think, would I have had the courage to call it off back then? I don't know if I would have. Mm-hmm. I wonder if I would have still just been too scared. Because I think even in the like the lead up to the wedding and stuff, I think I, I already knew that we just didn't get on and that we weren't mm-hmm. right together. And I think like, you know, if we'd have lived together, I think it would have been even worse. But I still don't know if I would have been driven to that point. When I think about it now, I'm like, it took me four years to to kind of leave the marriage, even when I didn't want to get married in the first place. So I think, yeah. I don't know if I would have done it. I, I think I would have probably still gone through with it because I think I was just so scared of what people were going to say. And I was so scared of sort of disappointing my family and and sort of like them being ashamed of me. I was It was genuinely my biggest fear. I just thought the whole time, I can't do this. And at the same time, I was also scared of, because I guess it's not just, it's not just my life and it's not just my husband's life. It's it's also, you know, my parents, my family, it's his parents. And I I'd obviously sort of developed a relationship with, you know, his parents and his aunts and uncles and his whole family. And I just thought, God, how can I do it to them as well? And there's all of these people that you're kind of thinking about. It's not just about yourself. And I think that's what's so difficult. And that's, I think that's why it took me so long to make the decision. Oh, it's, it's interesting you say that because I was, thinking about the reasons why people get married. I think for those in our culture, a lot of it is to please the family because it's the dumb thing. Um, and also based on the big Indian wedding industry, it's because people want a big flashy wedding, all of which yeah. are not the right reasons to get married. Um, it has to be something Absolutely. that both want. And the reason I start thinking about this more because the same friend of mine that actually said, oh, we don't want children. When um, Jack and I got engaged and I was talking about the planning and how stressful it's been with moving it with COVID and everything, she just asked me a really, really good question, which was, so why do you guys want to get married? And I said, it made me pause and like really think. So I thought, A, partly because I know it'll make my family happy and partly because it's something I've always imagined because that is what everyone around me has done. But it wasn't just all, it wasn't just that, I think for us. Jack and I have talked about the the actual fundamental side of being married and what that would mean for us going forward and why it would be beneficial for us because we're in a good place. We didn't like it doesn't change anything. Um, we've now we've now still lived together. Our life's exactly the same. But what it does mean is, you know, legally and logistically, our life can be easier. So if we decide to have children, we can share the same name. Just things are easier uh, in terms of, you know, tax and owning property, all these sorts of things. So if you have a, a quite a mature outlook on it, then marriage has got its benefits. But it is important to remember the reasons to get married are not to please other people or just to have the flashy wedding. <laughs> it's, it should be I, about a lot. I totally things. agree. Yeah. So I think that conversation I had recently was really good because it did make me stop and think in amongst all the stress of the planning and just trying to make sure everyone was happy to think, okay, actually, why are we doing this? What are the real benefits? And there are, there are some, so it's good to remember that. But then also, you know, you can still have an incredibly happy relationship with someone and not be married. Um, And you can still have a very incredibly happy relationship with someone and not have children. You can also be single and be very happy. So it's kind of, we do need to just break the whole societal norms and just and just uh 
yeah, push those barriers. Because even I read um, today that in 2021, the average age of a British woman to get married is now 35, which is really interesting because obviously when my grandmother got married, she was like 15. We're even saying just like 10 years ago, it was quite normal to get married at 22, 23. So it's it's crazy, isn't it? How times are, really are changing. And I think a lot of the, these figures are to do with um, COVID as well, because people have had to push back their weddings. And they're probably considering actually now, you know, our wedding is cancelled or postponed. Do we really want to spend 50K on the wedding when we could put that towards a property? Because everyone now wants a garden after COVID. Like it just, it's <laughs> everyone's um, perspective on everything, I think. So things will shift. Yeah. I think there's going to be a drop. There's already a drop in um, uh, heterosexual couples getting married um, the last couple of years I looked up as well. But I think that will continue to happen just purely based on everyone's sort of perspective shifting since COVID. Even um, those within the South Asian community are really contemplating it. And I know that, um, I even at one point was thinking, well, this is actually just taking the pressure off everything. Like we could potentially have a small wedding, yeah. which nobody envisioned for me at all. Everyone like <laughs> excited about whenever I get married, they know it's going to be this whole thing, lots of attention to detail, all of this sort of stuff. But just for that pressure at that point to be taken off, Jack and I like looked at each other and were like, oh my God, we could knock through our kitchen. We could do this with this money. We can go and travel in three months. And it was like, it actually opened this whole realm of possibilities. Um, yeah. And then it did eventually fall back into the same, <laughs> the same plan, which I'm very grateful for. It was amazing. But it's it's funny how I do think the pandemic has shifted um, a lot of perspectives, even within South Asian community as well. Yeah, I think you're so right when you said that a lot of people sort of think, oh, yeah, I want to get married because I want a wedding. And I think, like you said, you know, we it's, it is something that we envision from when we're younger. We want a wedding. We want a celebration. Mm-hmm. We want all of that. But I think, like you said, you don't have to get married to have, you know, happy relationship and I think that's what people think they're like oh yeah I have to get married because that's going to solve all of you know my problems but it's like you don't necessarily need to do that and I think like you said with COVID that was one of the great things because I actually have a lot of friends who got married in 2020 and 2021 and they literally just went to the town hall had a civil wedding with like 20 people Mm. and it was amazing and then they thought you know oh yeah well to be honest a lot of them did it because then they thought okay let's have the civil we can at least then you know live together and then we'll have like a big Indian wedding afterwards and Mm. a few of them have actually just didn't bother having a big Indian wedding because they thought no we want to buy a house and it's like you said right the the same money that you can put towards having a huge Indian wedding you can actually just kind of put towards having a house and kind of move on with your life and I think a lot of people feel as though they kind of lost two years during COVID I think people who were engaged and married and I think you know like you said yourself and Jack were already living together so that's you know, something that you guys, I guess, could, could carry on doing. I think there's a lot of couples out there who, because they weren't already living with their partner, and I think marriage would allow them to live together. I think they kind of felt as if they'd lost that time. So a lot of them had civil weddings, and then they kind of didn't really have the big Indian wedding. But I think it's nice. I think a lot of people feel the pressure as well to kind of have these huge Indian weddings, more so, like you said, to see, like, to kind of impress other people and yeah. to kind of show other people, oh, yeah, we got to do this, or we got to have this amazing yeah. thing. And I think a lot people lose sight of it. it's like like you said why are you getting married it should be about the couple and what you want and why you're actually doing it it shouldn't be about for everyone else and I'll be the first to admit when I got married it was for literally everybody else the difference because we had the civil wedding reception and then the Indian wedding reception the week after and I'll be honest with you when it came to the planning I felt such a difference between the two because the civil wedding there isn't that pressure it was about us it was our special day Whereas the Indian wedding, well, honestly, we thought about other people the entire time. And you know what? It's so nice. Like, even on the day, like we pull back, we're like, actually, no, we're going to serve this food. We're going to dance this kind of music. We're going to basically not going to do long speeches. We, you know what? We just sort of pulled back to make, to make sure that all of the stress was worth it. And we actually enjoyed the day and we didn't leave the dance floor. I didn't even go around and talk to people. I was like, I'm not going to do it because I can talk to you afterwards. I barely know most of them, which is really bad. Yeah. My parents, friends and stuff. Um, it was such an amazing day. And I'm glad that we got to kind of soak it all up and enjoy it for us, even though the planning side of things was a lot for other people. And I could just see the difference in the Indian wedding and the civil was crazy. So it's like, I loved yeah. it. I'm so glad we were able to do it. Like I look back on it and it, it just went so well. So I'm so pleased. But... I don't think it should be for everyone. At the, at the end of the day, like we're saying as well, 
another big reason to get married is to commit to one another, which is lovely. You want to celebrate your love and commit to one, one another. That can be done through a small civil at the end of the day. And also you can commit to each other and show your love by getting a mortgage together because that's like a 30-year commitment, um, which some yeah. would say is longer than most marriages. So there are other options. If you don't have to just follow what everyone else is doing, it really does have to actually be right for you as a person and you as a couple. So I think that, yeah, that's just a really like good thing to remember, especially when you can just get so lost, you can get swept up in it all. As soon as you're engaged, that's it. Everyone gets involved and you can get swept up in it. So yeah, definitely try yeah, ground yourself and have the actual real discussions with your partner because like you said, all of a sudden, you know, you were so worried about the wedding itself, you didn't consider, you know, what will marriage be like? Do your views align on children and education and religion and all these sorts of important things that sometimes probably don't get talked about because of all the, yeah, hullabaloo with the weddings. I wanted to lighten things up a little bit and play a little game with you if you're up for it. So this game is one that I just came up with. It's a bit like this or that, but it's what's more important to you. So we're going to start off like a couple of easy questions. So try not to think too much, but give me your answer straight away. And like, yeah, just let me know what you think. So tea or coffee? Coffee. Going to bed early and waking up early or going to bed late and waking up late? Going to bed early and waking up early, but I never used to be that person. I, I was always the going to bed late and waking up late person. So yeah, I feel like COVID has completely switched me. Oh, okay. So you were more of a night owl before and now you're not. Yeah, I was like, I was like a, the party animal before. And now I'm like, all I want to do is sit at home on a Friday and watch TV. <laughs> yeah, I fully relate. Um, okay, so a day day or evening date? Day date. So... A long nature walk or a beast mode gym session? Oh, beast mode gym session. Oh, okay. Same. Okay. Nicely decorated inside of your home or like a properly sick, like landscaped garden? Oh, inside of the home, definitely. <laughs> same. Um, okay. So now let's, let's delve a bit deeper. A happy single life or unhappy married life, but with children? Oh, happy single life. Yeah. Okay. Self-approval or approval from others? self-approval a sensitive and intuitive man or a strong alpha man oh sensitive and intuitive I feel like I've dated way too many insensitive people I need a sensitive person <laughs> yeah I think we end up dating the wrong people for a while and we realize okay actually we want someone who's yeah. a human being um, okay so next one is Instagram followers or genuine engagement genuine engagement any day and I think you know one thing on that is I think people focus way too much on the numbers and it's really not about the numbers because I think you could have so many people following you but if they're not engaging with your content then what's the point definitely it's so nice to just turn the light count off sometimes just your peace of mind like yeah you don't even see it at all then which is nice you have to really click through and have a look and it's just nice for you as a content creator just not to worry about it so I just want to ask you as well if you had a book or a podcast recommendation for our listeners um I think it's so good for us to break away from Instagram, TikTok, Netflix, and actually just home in on some valuable content. Um, yeah, did you have one you wanted to share? Yeah, there is actually a podcast that I really love. And I feel like so I go for a walk every day. And it's kind of like the thing I look forward to is going for a walk and listening to this podcast. And it's called My Therapist Ghosted Me. And it's actually by Vogue Williams and Joanne McNally. And they're basically two best friends. Yeah. And the whole thing is, it's actually, it's such a funny podcast that when I'm walking, I actually regularly, I'm just laughing out loud and people must think I'm really stressed. <laughs> but it's just, it really like lifts your mood. It's lighthearted. It's funny. It's relatable. It's things that sort of all of us women go through. And it's just like two friends having a chat. And I almost feel like I'm friends with them, to be honest. So it's, I really love that podcast. And they kind of talk about things like, oh, how's your week been? But then they'll also, it's really funny because they both have completely different lives. You know, Vogue is married with three children and Joanne is single and just sort of like out there and having fun. And it's so funny because you get so many different perspectives and it's so relatable on so many levels. So yeah, I definitely recommend it for anyone. If you want like a good, fun podcast, that's definitely mm -hmm. the one. I love that. Do you know what as well? You know, people say you're a product of the five people you spend the most time with. Sometimes you can look at the five people and be like, okay, I love these people. I'm not going to swap them for anyone. Um, but in terms of podcasts, they're so positive in that you, where you listen in on so many conversations from people you aspire to, you do feel like you're friends with them and you feel like you are part of the conversation. Yeah. Then you end up having probably the same impact as you would if you were to be hanging around 
with these kind of people. So I think it's just such a, a great way to absorb like conversation and uh, yeah, just it's nice. So yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna listen to that because sometimes you just want something to lift you up. Sometimes you want to be inspired. And sometimes you want like one of those dark, twisty ones like about murders and stuff. Yeah. I do. Um, so yeah, that's really good. Oh yeah, I love those ones. True, true crime. Yeah, yeah. I love true crime. <laughs> I just want to close off uh, the pod with a quote. So if I share mine um, and then if you share yours after, would that be all right? Yes, perfect. Okay, so my quote is something simple, which is your life isn't yours if you're constantly caring what people think. And it's something I wanted to add to this podcast because obviously everything you dealt with, the stigma of a divorce and even just getting married in the first place, you felt like a lot of pressure from others. I think it's probably very relevant here. And also it ties in with, you know, when your content went viral and you had to deal with all the trolling and everything. As long as you know that, you know, your heart's in the right place and you're putting things out there that helping people you felt more comfortable with it in the end, despite all of that outside noise. So yeah, just a reminder, if, if it won't be your life if you're constantly worried about pleasing everyone else. You'll end up just becoming a bit of a shrinking violet and not sharing things that are important to you. So I, I love that. And it's actually so similar to mine as well. <laughs> mine is, um, if you care about other people's opinion, you will always be their prisoner. Yeah. And that really hit me. And I just thought it's so true because like it's the same, same as what you said, your life will never be yours. You'll always just be controlled by other people's opinions. When I mean, in reality, that only person's opinion you should be thinking about is your own. Yeah. And I think, you know, in South Asian culture, it just revolves around other people's opinions and what will people say? And it's all about pleasing other people. Mm-hmm. And I just think, you know, when does it stop? When, when have you ever... When does it get to the point where you're like, okay, I've pleased everyone and done everything now? Like, there is no point. That, that will never happen. You'll just spend your whole life gaining approval because there'll always be something else that you can do to kind of please them. And I think when I heard that quote, it just really, really stuck with me. So true. Oh, that's so good. I loved this chat. Thank you so much for coming on. This has been so insightful and inspiring. And it's such a mature, like, wise conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, this has been one of my favourite podcasts. Oh, so yeah, thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day and keep putting that amazing content out there and inspiring others. Like we all love to see it. It's so good to be reminded that we don't have to follow all these timelines and feel pressure um, from our communities and things like that. It can just, you know, everyone has their own path and their own time. And there's also nothing to be ashamed of. Things don't work out or they pan out differently. So Yeah, thanks so much again, Jigna. And I hope I can speak to you again soon. Thank you. Oh my God, I absolutely loved that conversation. If you guys want to follow Jigna, her Instagram handle is at Jigna underscore made up. And just to remind you, you can get 20% off all jewelry and homework at Nikita. And the website is nikitabynikki.com. The code is girlboss. And I want to sign off this podcast with a little bit of breathing so you guys can start or end your day on a really positive note. So if I invite you to take one big deep breath with me. So if you close your eyes, take one deep breath in. deep breath out now open your eyes your shoulders back and remember to just have the audacity to be whoever you want to be today thank you so much for listening to this podcast and i cannot wait to have you back for the next episode have the best day